Wauga was quite a loud piece of music jumping in here today. Uh, hi, everyone, and welcome to Ask a Coach Within Gumu. My name is Alwainat, and today I am excited to speak with Arlene Cohen-Miller, um, and we'll be talking about mindfulness for busy people. We are, in, we are in Colorado, and there's a bit of bad weather coming in, a little bit of snow here and there, so hopefully our connection will hold as we're having our conversation today. So, hi, Arlene, how are you? <laughs> I'm great. It's lovely to be here with you, Al. So, so glad to have you here. Looking forward to our talk here. So as we kick off, Arlene, tell me a little bit about your background and what inspired you really to become a coach? Well, my background is in law. And um, I, at the time that I decided to go through coach training and back in 2010, I still had an active, active practice in the law. And I just really felt that being a coach and all the tra all the wonderful things that we learned to do as coaches and be as coaches would like was going to really round off the training that I need to be a better to be a better attorney, you know, to really because a lot of the things that I did as an attorney were like negotiating, settling the cases with people. I had a staff of people that I was working with. We traveled and we we met with clients and potential clients, and all the skills that you know and learn as a coach just felt to be really instrumental in stepping forward and being a better attorney. And then later on, I sold my practice and I just stepped into coaching full time. So the, the area of coaching you've selected, so I can see you coming from being an attorney, going into like business coaching or negotiation skills or any of those types of things, where you went into a very specific type of coaching. So tell me a little bit about that. Um, well, my, I don't know if I have a specific type of coaching, you know, I use mindfulness in coaching, but I really just consider myself a life coach. And mm -hmm. I just really feel that what I bring to coaching that I hope that most coaches do is that coaching presence, you know, that big expansive coaching presence of just holding people in that space of unconditional positive regard and non-judgment and the mindfulness techniques that I share with people like in our Ingoma coaching community and with my clients, those are things that help to um, expand that coaching presence. And so I, I guess I really consider myself more of a generalist, just a life coach that deals with whatever problems, concerns, goals, or aspirations that people have that they come to for me for. But uh, mindfulness is a big part of it, yes. And I've enjoyed it in your sessions. So is it really like a common misunderstanding or a stereotype about your profession that you had to overcome? Well, I don't know. I was I was really pondering, you know, coaching and how it relates to other things like consulting and mentoring and teaching. And I feel like one of the biggest misconceptions in the public is what happens when you're being coached. It's not consulting. It's not teaching. It's not um, mentoring because as coaches, what we're doing is we just have this deep knowing inside of ourselves that our clients, the people that we work with, have all the answers inside of them. And what we do is that we partner with them. We walk alongside them step by step of the way, asking powerful questions, sharing intuitions, but always, always handing the conversation back to them to make the decisions that are best for them in their life of what they want to create for themselves. And that's very different from like consulting and teaching and mentoring, where we're really sharing our wisdom 
you know, our expertise with other people and allowing them to stand on our shoulders because they're interested in working with us because we have expertise in a certain area. So oftentimes when people come to coaches, they think we're going to be telling them what to do or how to be. And that's not really what we do as coaches. We walk alongside of you and help you and we champion you so that you can be your highest, clearest, brightest self, and that you can set your own goals and we can assist you to reach those goals. I think it's really beautiful with coaches that they really make you think about the future. It's not therapy where we go back to the past, but it's really as coaches, you, you make us think about these different things through questions and so on. And so we think about the future and the things we can do, but we come to our, to our own conclusion. You're not a consultant who does it for us, takes us along. So, but um, today we're, we're talking uh, about mindfulness. So before we delve into that a little bit here, share with me what the definition of that is. What's the, def what's the definition of mindfulness? Um, I don't know if I'm really good with definitions, but I can give you a feel of what mindfulness means to me. And hopefully that resonates with some people in our in our audience. So what mindfulness means to me is about being fully present, being fully present mm -hmm. here now. And you sort of just mentioned that, Al, because when we're in the space of mindfulness, we're not really worrying about the future. We're not mm -hmm. reminiscing or being remorseful about the past. We're just fully present here now. And we're also, when we're being mindful, when we're, and we're in that space of mindfulness, we're really grounded in our bodies. So it's like we have these roots of light that go out of our feet into the heart of the planet. So we're really solid in our bodies. We're not like scattered and waffled off. You know, sometimes if you're really scattered, it feels like you know, you just can't pull yourself together. And that's kind of like maybe your emotional body's over there and your mental body's over there and you just can't bring yourself together. With mindfulness, we're all together here now and we're grounded, we're fully present, we're in our hearts and we are just here for ourselves and the other people in our lives. And that's, that's kind of like an overall feeling of what mindfulness is about. We're all connected. We're all connected. Yes, we are. I actually really appreciate in your coaching community, which we'll talk about in a second here or in a few minutes, um, where you do that opening exercise, that meditation, you know, where you envision the roots and so on. I always appreciate that one. But that kind of ties a little bit to my to my question here. So as I as I really started my own coaching journey a while back, you know, I was really used to you know, career coaching and wellness coaching and you know, life coaching. And, you know, this mindfulness thing was just like, oh, this is interesting. You know, a little skeptical maybe as, 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 as I started this whole journey. I'm, but I'm no longer a skeptic, by the way, in the big scheme of things. But for people who are really on the fence about this, who are going like, yeah, how do I reconcile this whole mindfulness thing, you know, with career, life, wellness, work coaching? You know, how does it, how does it really all tie together? I feel like no matter what kind of coach we are, whether I'm a, a life coach or a career coach or a leadership coach or an executive coach, no matter what coach kind of coach we are, all of us as coaches bring mindfulness into our presence that we hold for our clients, for the groups of people that we work with. Mm. Because what we're holding is like this beautiful space of unconditional positive regard for people. We're holding them in the space of non-judgment. 
And in order to bring that to the people that we work with, we really need to have these kind of mindfulness techniques to really settle ourselves down and be in our hearts and be with people. And so no matter what kind of coach we are, it's we're already doing that as coaches. You know, good coaches hold a really expansive, um, unconditionally loving, non-judgmental space for the people that they work with so that when they come into the, the coaching session, they feel free to be their authentic selves, to be vulnerable, to share what their goals and aspirations are, and to step forward together with the coach to be more of their clearest, brightest selves. And so even though people might think that mindfulness is a little woo-woo or how I want to bring it into coaching, good coaches are already holding that presence for the people that they work with all the time. And these mindfulness techniques that I work with in my coaching community at Ingomu simply help people to be that for themselves, to be that, to hold that space of unconditional positive regard and hold that judgment-free space for themselves and get out of that fight or flight mode where they're all wound up and full of anxiety, just finding those ways to bring themselves down so that they can accomplish what's important to themselves in their lives. So you just touched on your Ngomu coaching community. So tell me a little bit about that. What, you know, what's it all about and, you know, what's, what's the takeaway for the participants? Great. So my Ngomu coaching community is boost your confidence and self-esteem, simple steps to transform your life. And so what I found that when people come into this coaching community, it's not that they have no confidence, they have no self-esteem, or they don't accept themselves at all. Most of us have some really high skills in some area where we're really confident. We have a lot of self-esteem, and we really feel great about ourselves. We have these areas in our life where we can work on ourselves, where we're not so confident. You know, Maybe we're really great at work, but in the home personal relationship kind of thing, we sort of flounder around. Or maybe we're really good socially out with people, but at the workspace, we don't feel so great about ourselves. So we're what we're doing is we're using the foundation that we already have to create that confidence, that self-esteem, that self-acceptance in other areas of our life. And one way that we're starting with that is we're working from the inside out because you have to feel calm and centered and grounded in order to have confidence and self-esteem to begin with. If we're all scattered and we're wound up and we're in anxiety and we're you're moving all over the place. So we always start with the inside out in, in this coaching community with breath work, with relaxation techniques so that we calm our nervous system down and we mm -hmm. feel more fully present in our bodies so that we actually can step forward in a more confident way, in a way that we're really um, acknowledging ourselves for the gifts that we bring to the world. And I think it's beautiful. I think I've been to many of your sessions, so I've appreciated it. I know last week when I, I think it was last week, um, weeks go by so fast. Um, I had one of those days where I just wanted to go and, you know, where you question a lot of different things. And I came to a session and I walked away feeling pretty darn good about myself. <laughs> so, so thank you for thank you for that experience. <laughs> well, you're welcome. So, and you know, it's just it's so easy. It's so easy to do with just breathing and simple things like breathing. We forget to breathe. We're, we have to breathe to live, but we're just we're like, you know, almost like panting like a dog when we get, you know, really 
overwhelmed. True. Well, one of the things I found kind of special about what you do and some of our other coaches who deal with mindfulness and have some breathing exercises, you know, I always say it's, it's sort of, I say it's sort of maybe a little bit as a joke, but it's like you can't breathe your way out of a problem, you know, but it's a very important part as you're working through stuff to stay centered, to be able to think clearly about stuff, to work through stuff. You have to learn how to breathe. You have to learn to focus your mind and so on. So there is such an important part of this whole process of everything you're going through. So I've, I've definitely been the benefit of learning that, that that's an important part of my journey and my behaviors as I, as I, as I work through things. So, um, so the, the world right now, it's a bit of a hectic place, you know, especially right now I've, you know, I live, you know, in a very urban area, see everybody running around crazy, trying to get holiday stuff done, business obligations, way too many events. So what kind of mindfulness exercise can you advise people to, to employ right now to sort of make it through the day, so to speak? Yeah, well, it's especially frenetic around the holidays, but the world just really seems like a really frenetic place, full stop right now, nowadays. And so, no <laughs> so the simplest thing is just some simple breathing techniques. And one really simple one that you can do that we can all do is just breathing in through the nose and out through the nose. And when we breathe out through the nose, our out breath is longer than our in breath. And when we do that really simple breathing technique, it, it tells our sympathetic and our parasympathetic nervous system, I can say that, that it's okay to release, to relax and let go. So we're just breathing, because we have to breathe anyway, or we're going to die, right? So we might as well sure. breathe in a way that tells our body, chill out, man, it's okay. So that's one simple thing that we can do anywhere. Just breathing in through the nose and out through the nose and just having that in-breath that out breath longer than the in breath. And if you get really stressed, a really great way to um, help yourself is just to breathe in through the nose, maybe for the count of three, hold for the count of three, and then just, goes, and then just let it out through the mouth, go, ah, oh. you know, that deep sigh where you're just like, oh, I can't believe this is all going on. And, you know, maybe we can't do that around other people as much, but that's a great breathing technique just to let things go. And another thing that we can really do is grounding. And I, We've mentioned this before, and it's just really simple. It's just like visualizing you're a tree, and you have these beautiful roots of light. They're coming out of your feet. They're huge, and they just anchor deep, deep, deep into the heart of the planet. So we're really grounded here, and it's and when we do that, it's like we pull more of our essence into our body, and mm -hmm. we feel more solid, and then we have the ability to handle more what, what is happening in our lives because we're not like, you know, all crazy frenetic or whatever it is that we do. So those are really two really simple things. Um, I guess another thing that might be really helpful is for me when it's really crazy out is just to take some time and get out in nature. I talk a, a lot about this in our sessions, in our Ngomu sessions, but it's so restorative and regenerative, even when it's cold out, just to breathe that fresh air, to notice the sky, to notice the water, the trees, whatever you have around us. In, the, in our state, we have mountains. It just really is so nurturing. And it's right outside our door. So it, find ways to get outside, to breathe fresh air, to give yourself that moment. And then you can come back and deal with whatever is on, the, on your plate in the world. 
I think I've learned that as well, that just getting outside for a little bit is so important. Even when you're not close to the mountains, I can see them, but I'm not really close to them, you know, and there's no meaningful, you know, park or anything nearby where I'm, you know, I'm downtown. And so but even going outside and walking around the buildings and the trees, it still just totally refocuses your mind. Um, I, like I said, I had one of those days last week and I decided just to go up and down the street, you know, one mile down, one mile up. And by the time I came back inside and breathing exercises, it was like a, a completely different person. When I came back inside, yeah. the stress was gone. It was just like, this is slightly magical. This is weird how this stuff works, but it does, it does work. Is there, is there any um, mindfulness exercise or practice that you favor over another that you enjoy more? Um, you know what? I, I feel like what it's really important to have is like a mindfulness toolkit and then even like a mindfulness emergency toolkit. We have all those different mindfulness tools there for ourselves. And in the moment, instead of like thinking about from my head, what's my favorite one? We have a toolkit and we can just try one of them and see if it works. Because maybe a mindfulness tool that we have in one moment and one day works great and the next day it just doesn't float our boat at all. So like in our mindfulness toolkit, it can be the breath work, it can be the grounding, it can be going outside, it can be gratitude. You know, if we just take a moment to really look around our house where we live, I mean, all the basic essentials are there. We have food in our fridge, we have a bed to sleep on, we have clothes to wear, we have heating or air conditioning. We have nice things around us. We have a way to get around. We have basic things in our life that we take for granted. And sometimes taking some a few deep breaths and just looking around and going, whoa, I have it pretty darn good. You know, I don't need the latest iPhone. Look what, look what I've already created for myself in my life. Look at the people that I have in my life that I care about. Look at all the things I can just go out of my door and walk a mile up and down the street and be a different person. How cool is that? And so those kind of things to have in our toolkit are really cool. Um, another one that I didn't talk about, just to bring yourself really present to have in the toolkit that you can do anywhere as well, is just pick two things that you want to look at. And maybe it's something, I don't. I never make it flashy things. And I just look at one thing. It could be maybe a lamp in my room. And just really see what it looks like, the color, the texture, the shape. And I'm just looking at it. I'm just taking it all in. And then I look at another object where I'm at. Just really appreciating it, the color, the lighting, everything about it. And then I return back to the first object. And I'm breathing as I'm doing this. Nice deep breaths. And what this does is it brings us back fully present in the moment. So that's something else that could be in your emergency toolkit as well, because no matter where you are, you can always look at things. You're in line at the grocery store. You can look at the magazine rack and then something else and then come back. There's things that we can do in all moments. It's interesting. I did this exercise with some with one of our other coaches last week. And in a session, it was you had your eyes closed. And then when you opened your eyes, you were to look at an, at an object. And it was, I found it very fascinating the way I saw the object. I had never seen it before through the exercises. Like, I never noticed the brightness and the this and the that. It was just, it was just a really, really fascinating exercise to do. So, so thank you for sharing that. And you can, you kind of addressed my next question really. You know, if there are any resources or tools um, that you can recommend for people as they're 
as they're on their mindfulness journey? Is there something specific they can go to aside of your coaching community, obviously, um, that they can that they okay. can look into? Yeah, I just wanted to add something because you really um, that 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 process that that other coach walked you through, and we have so many awesome and going coaches, is really interesting because what you experience, and and anyone can put this in their in their toolkit as well, is that you you saw the object with fresh eyes. It's like that namaste experience. You're greeting it with fresh eyes. You're not looking at it as you had preconceived it as it was before. And that's a really, that brings in curiosity, that brings in wonder, that helps to raise your vibration. So that's a really awesome tool for people to have in the toolkit as well. And, you know, um, yeah, so, you know, all the, all the different coaches in our coaching community probably will give you things, maybe not knowingly, that you can put in your mindfulness toolkit about how you can be and what you can do. And it just, it's really important to really ponder, you know, what calms me down? What brings me joy? What fills me up? What can I do now that would serve myself so that I can bring myself back to a nice, calm and centered place that I have something more to give to others. And so we can really look to ourselves. We don't have to have a coach tell you. We have that knowing inside of ourselves. You know, maybe it's music or something. Who knows what it is? But, you know, search within yourself. What calms you down? What makes you smile? What brings you joy? And those are the things you can also put into your, like, your toolkit or your emergency mindfulness, mindfulness toolkit to help you come back to that grounded, centered, aligned heart space. That's beautiful. So as we're wrapping up this particular piece of our conversation here, so what are some top, or what are three top takeaways you can leave our viewers and listeners with as we, as we talk about mindfulness here? Well, I guess as, uh, as I ponder this, is maybe some things I haven't specifically mentioned that I'd like to pull in. And, and there's no such thing as perfectionism. So as you're going about in this frenetic world, it's really important to give ourselves a break and just to not have this standard for ourselves that we have to be perfect because then we're always beating ourselves up. So it's really important, number one, I'm not going to have the standard of perfectionism for myself. I'm just going to allow myself to be as I am and to notice my strengths and my weaknesses and to bring more acceptance in. And we can also just notice, you know, what do I need to be kind to myself? What do I need to fill myself up? Because we can't, if we go around trying to make everyone else happy all the time, we're going to be depleted and it's not our job. So in the, in the holiday season or any time of the year, it's not our job to make anyone else happy. But what we can do is to bring our best loving selves to other people. And the best way to do that is to find ways every day to fill yourself up with kindness and love. So maybe that's listening to music that you love, or maybe it's dancing around the house, or maybe it's going outside and having a walk. There's all sorts of, or maybe it's getting a massage or taking a hot bath, but give yourself, show yourself that you care about yourself, that you are kind to yourself, and that you matter for the little things that you do for yourself every day. That will fill yourself up. It'll make it easier to live in this frenetic world, and it will make you um, a kinder person to be around the people that you love because you will have more to give. 
couldn't say it any better. Couldn't have said it any better. <laughs> the, um, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Anything, anything I should have asked you, I didn't ask you today. Hmm. Well, I think that one of the things that gets in the way of mindfulness for people is um, we tend to be hard on ourselves and get impatient with ourselves. You know, I practice this breath work for two days and I'm not any different and I'm still wound up and, and, and you know, we, we face these unrealistic expectations on our, of ourselves. So what I would say is that patience is love and impatience is about fear. And then we go into this impatience with ourselves it sends us into urgency and it pushes away what we're seeking to create for ourselves. So as you're going on this mindfulness journey and you're practicing breath work and you're practicing grounding and you're practicing doing the things that you love to fill yourself up, be kind to yourself. It took a while to get up, to get yourself into a place that you get all wound up a lot of the time. It's going to take time to create new habits of mindfulness that are going to make a real difference in your life. There's no such thing as magic at fairy dust where we just sprinkle it over ourselves a couple of times and we breathe a couple of days in a row and we're going to be completely different. So give yourself a break. Be kind to yourself in the mindfulness process and maybe find a way to maybe even enjoy it. That would be unique and wondrous, wouldn't it? It's an it's a really interesting journey because I've I I practice it is the best way I can say it. And that means that that I, I do it, but I also I practice it because it is sometimes depending on the day, you know, when, when you have the, it's not perfect. When you have the thing, you go, oh, this is working really well. It means that it wasn't a very stressful day to begin with. But when you practice, when you're doing it, you're practicing it and suddenly your mind goes off in all these different directions. It's like, okay, focus and start over again. But it's just part of the journey and it takes a while. And I can attest to that. But, you know, every time you do it, it's just kind of, moves up just a little tiny bit, but it always, you know, no matter how, no matter if you think you're successful or not doing it, just by doing the breathing exercises and some of the grounding exercises, it really brings, brings you down, so to speak, um, in, a, in a good way. So um, thank you for, thank you for sharing it with us. And thank you for being one of our amazing coaches on the platform. So before, before we get to the fun 10 rapid fire questions, I want to remind everyone that you're watching and listening to Ask a Coach within Gomo. My name is Al Wynans, and today I'm speaking with Arlene Cohen-Miller, who is one of our amazing coaches here at Ngomo. So, Arlene, are you ready for the 10 questions, rapid-fire questions? And that didn't come out right. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. Go for it. <laughs> I, didn't, I did not have enough coffee today. So, <laughs> so okay. what, do, what did you want to be when you grew up? What did I want to be when I grew up? Oh my goodness! When, you know, I when wasn't you, one when of those you grew kids. up, <laughs> like, yes, I got the question. You know, I didn't really have anything when I was a kid. It really like hit me when I was like fifteen that I wanted to be an attorney when I grew up, and I sort of grew up and became an attorney, and then that sort of morphed into coaching and mentoring and facilitating much later in my life. So um, yeah, I guess that's what I wanted to be when I grew up. So, what's the best advice you've ever received, and why? Ah, best advice. Um, give yourself a break, Arlene. No perfectionism. The mistakes are opportunities to learn and grow. You know, we're not perfect. We're going to make a lot of mistakes. And so instead of beating ourselves up for those mistakes, when we embrace them and go, wow, 
I just made a big mistake here. Maybe I put my foot in my mouth or I did something that if I hindsight, I wouldn't have done it that way at all. What can I learn from this mistake? How can I grow from this mistake? So I turn that disaster into a blessing. Who's your biggest inspiration and why? Oh my goodness. Um, I, this is not a, a live person, but I really have been inspired my whole life by Winston Churchill. I don't know why. I just love the man. He just was, he is such a amazing, witty um, person. And he really, what I love about Winston Churchill is he really had the gift of instilling hope in people wherever he went. And, and that's so important as coaches. That's what we do. We instill hope. And hope is a really high vibration, and it helps to make anything possible for the people that we work with. It's beautiful. What's the one piece of advice you could share with our audience to uplift them? That, um, hmm, that it's, we're never too old and it's never too late to really go after your dreams. You know, Even if it's just a hobby that you've always wanted to do, Go for it. Learn something about it. So what if you're in your 50s? Maybe and you want to play the guitar. You might not be a virtuoso, but you're going to have fun with it. So you're, it's never too old. It's never too late. So give it a go. I mean, the Rolling Stones are much older than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, they are. Yes, they are. So what was your favorite subject back in school? Um, geez, I don't know if I had a favorite subject, but I really had a turning point moment when I was in the 12th grade, I had a humanities teacher that brings a lot of subjects together. And he really instilled this wonder and, and joy and creativity in all of us and inspired us to play and, and have fun and be creative and share that creativity, I can say that word, with everybody else. And I guess that was like a turning point in my life. And so I guess, yeah, the humanities, all, all when it all comes together in that creativity moment. It's nice. What's the most important lesson that you've learned in the past decade of your life here? And how does it, how does it apply now? So I guess the most important lesson that I've learned is that it's not about me. It's not about me when I'm coaching, especially because, you know, if I impose on my client or the people that I work with, what I think that they should be doing, what I think that they should be seeing, that's really, really arrogant and selfish. So it's about mm. walking alongside people and allowing them to come to their own knowing and whatever they come to for themselves is going to be much more powerful than anything that I could ever come up with. And this goes for all of my relationships in my life. It's just not about me. What's the life question that you haven't yet solved? Um, I guess the question I haven't yet solved is how to really still my mind in all moments. I'm practicing stilling the mind, but really to have that ability to always still the mind is um, I haven't quite figured that one out yet. What's the one thing you do every day that adds to your success? Um, well, I have a daily yoga practice and a daily mindfulness practice. And I feel that that, that is, that's with, you know, strength and flexibility and breath work and, you know, being a part of a community of like-minded souls. And that really helps to uplift and inspire me to be my best and to let go of, let any stress that I have fall off my shoulders. So I think that's really important. If you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would that be? <laughs> oh my gosh, that sounds horrible. Um, well, I guess if I could pick one meal, one meal only, it would be like homemade pasta. 
pita with extra virgin olive oil and pine nuts, pine nuts and a lot, a lot of freshly grated Parmesan cheese. I love that dish. Ooh, that sounds actually really good. <laughs> I mean, I'm in front of the does, most, so. <laughs> Please finish this statement. Leadership is. So leadership is about um, uplifting and inspiring the people around us so that they can be their highest, clearest, brightest self, so that they can do what they do best, you know, whatever their skill level is, whatever their strengths are, and bring that to the team that we're with. And to really hold that space of anything is possible for the people that work with and through us. That's beautiful. Arlene, thank you for sharing with us today. I appreciate that. So um, share with us how people can get a hold of you if they want to connect with you, work with you outside of Inglewood. Great. So um, you can always Google Arlene Cohen Miller. You see my name there on the screen. Um, but also you can go to my website, which is Jewel Consultancy, J-E-W-E-L-C-O-N. S-U-L-T-A-N-C-Y. Thank you for putting that up, Al. So yes, that's my website, Dual Consultancy. And um, you can always find me there and that has all my information and everything yours about me that you want to know and how to contact me. Thank you, Arlene, for sharing. I appreciate you being with us this afternoon. Um, and thank you, everyone, for being here today as well. Or if you're watching this on demand, um, that is fantastic as well. Um, we will see you again next week, Monday at 1 p.m. Mountain Time with our guest, Dr. Nilofer Basaria. We're going to have a conversation about the power of a healthy body, peaceful mind, joyful heart, and a vibrant soul. Thanks, everyone, for being here, and make it a great day.